What it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, for the fifth time in 34 games, the Bucks have played the Pacers. And unfortunately for the Bucks, for the fourth time, the Bucks have lost. Tonight, the score happened to be 142-130 in favor of the Pacers. And the Bucks kept it close in the first half, but things changed in the third. So we're going to talk a bit about what flipped in that critical quarter for the Bucks. Also, do the Pacers pose a possible matchup problem for the Bucs if they were to meet in the playoffs? Plus, a look ahead to Spurs and Bucks, which takes place tomorrow. All of that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis, and you can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carrie the G and MKE. Joining me is longtime voice of the pod and founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We truly do appreciate you tuning in, and thank you to everybody for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also catch the show on YouTube as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, as I mentioned, this is another Pacers win. Another Bucks loss happens to be the fifth straight victory for the Pacers. They're second over the Bucks in three days now. Now, the Bucs were able to drop 130 points on the Pacers, but that wasn't enough because the Bucs happened to give up 147 points to the Pacers. And like I mentioned, the first half was close. Both teams were shooting the ball well. Bucks cooled off in that third quarter, and the Pacers didn't. They pulled away the crazy third quarter, 47 points. They were plus 18 in that quarter with the Bucs only scoring 29 points, and that was a real turning point tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. Uh, first half, I think Bucks kind of went back and forth, and you know, had I don't know if they led by as many as seven, but you know, had three five point lead. You know, kind of go to halftime up a couple. Um, but again, it was kind of again, you know, just sort of shootout mentality between these two teams. Um, I mean, the funny part is, like, I mean, the, I think the biggest adjustment, you know, was we saw Chris Middleton defending Tyrese Halliburton for extended stretches, you know, to start the game. Um, we saw kind of continued sort of switching approach taken by the Bucks to, to at least take away kind of just the traditional sort of pick and roll actions where, you know, Tyrese has been able to get, you know, Miles Turner in particular in some of the earlier games, just kind of a layup line or, you know, his own little floater. So, you know, they, they were able to take, take away some of that just by tackly how they approach things. Um, and again, like I, I think Chris has been, has looked a lot sprier defensively for the last like week or two, but it just doesn't matter when, you know, like there's so many other kind of weak weaknesses to attack. And this was a night where, you know, the Bucks got lucky. I've been lucky through a lot of the series this year, as far as the Pacers not getting really hot from three. And tonight they weren't like scorching from three, um, but they didn't shoot five of 35. like They did two nights ago um, when they gifted the Bucks at, at least a chance in that game by shooting so poorly from three. And, you know, this was a night where Tyrese Halliburton was, you know, hitting sidestep threes and, you know, hitting those kind of deep shots and, Again, I think the Bucks were trying to, like when I looked at the way like Middleton was just sort of trying to stay down and not bite on, you know, kind of all the hesitation moves and kind of in and out stuff that he was trying to do when he was, 
you know, kind of sizing Chris up and figuring out if he was going to drive or not. So didn't feel like, you know, they gave up as much in terms of him necessarily getting the basket, but the three pointer, the three point shot was there. He was what five of 11 from three. And, you know, he was kind of contained in the first half. I think he had, I want to say 10 points in the first half. Um, but then eventually, you know, just kind of started cooking and, you know, just felt like every time the Pacers tried to run, I mean, it's kind of a similar story to what we've seen all year. Like they could just always get, you know, a, a good look. And I thought even when the Bucks went to the zone um, in that third quarter for stretches, you know, they always seemed to find kind of a soft spot, you know, 10 to 15 feet out. And, you know, Bruce Brown never misses floaters or, you know, 14 foot intermediate jump shots. So um, they were able to kind of just continually punish them. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Bucks, you know, when you lose four or five, it's because the team has just pretty soundly outplayed you. You know, you needed a 64-point game, from Giannis, to win your one game. Um, and I think tonight, again, you just saw, like, it, the Pacers are just a bad matchup, I think, because it really um, accentuates some of the Bucks' worst habits and some of their, you know, fundamental flaws and weaknesses, especially from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, you said that really, really well. And one thing that the Bucks were doing a pretty decent job of, at least in the first half, was limiting the Pacers in those fast break points. Uh, if my notes were correct, I believe that they only had five fast break points in the first half, did the Pacers, but they were able to finish the game uh, with 21 fast break points. So they were able to get quite a few more of those in the second half. You already mentioned the defense. We got to talk about the bench, unfortunately. Um, again, I feel like it's it's – the same conversation a lot of the times with this team. And as you mentioned, the Pacers do tend to emphasize uh, some of the Bucks' weak points. Tonight, the Bucks lost the Battle of the Benches again, 59 to 38. That brings the season total that the Bucks lost, and the numbers just astonishing to look at. The Pacers bench over the five games this regular season scored 255 points, while the Milwaukee Bucks bench scored 124 points. Um, that's not going to cut it, especially over the last two games here that we've seen this week in 2024 with the Pacers and how they're playing Giannis, they were quick to double team him. They were really trying to force the ball out of his hand to see if anybody else uh, could beat them. And Giannis had a season low against the Pacers tonight with 26 points. And it didn't help that Dame really couldn't find his shot tonight. He was getting good looks and that certain points in the second half, you could literally see his body language just getting really frustrated uh, with the shots not falling for him. And, when Dame's not able to make his shots, when you're able to hold Malik Beasley to eight points, when Bobby Portis gives you nine, it's really hard to win a game in that way. Yeah, I mean, and again, because you mentioned, three-point shooting was was actually pretty solid for the Bucks tonight, right? 14 out of 37, 38%. It's about an average three-point shooting night. Um, you know, I think they put up about a 122 offensive rating, right? So, um, you know, offensively, even though in that third quarter, it felt like the offense was just couldn't keep up with uh with what the Pacers were doing but again that's really more of a defensive problem than necessarily the offense so uh you know again disappointing from Dame you know he, he did end up putting kind of got his numbers uh when you look at you know whatever it was 23 points on 18 shots just six out of 18 but did get to the foul line a fair bit five assists and three steals um but again like you know when you look at what Halliburton was doing on the other side you know he was clearly the better guard between that, the the kind of two starting point guards, the two all-stars. Um, and so, you know, again, Halliburton's just kind of owned them this year. And, um, you know, they were rubbing it in, right? I mean, they were um, kind of laughing at the Bucks' expense and rubbing in their faces. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really particularly 
I mean, you, you can get mad about it, right? Because it's not fun when the other team is doing that. But, um, you know, when they just beat you four out of five, you know, they can say what they want, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to do something about it, play some defense. Yep. Well, we know the Bucks aren't going to do that. So um, you're just going to have to take the medicine. And, um, you know, again, we'll see if, uh, if there's another matchup with these guys down the road in the playoffs. But, you know, again, at this point, you're 23 and what 23 and six against the rest of the league and one and four against the Indiana Pacers. Um, so again, just sort of, I think speaks to the problems the Bucks have with the matchups. And, you know, I think again, the Bucks, you know, they play a bunch of guards that don't defend and um, that's not a recipe for success against this version of the Indiana Pacers for sure. Yeah. And like we mentioned with this loss, the Bucks have now lost the season series to the Pacers one in four with the, the scheduling quirk of them playing five times this season, thanks to the end season tournament. And if these two teams did meet in the playoffs, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, uh, the Pacers are currently slotted in that sixth seed, I believe and the Bucks are the second seed, but lots of movement will occur between now and the end of the season. So if they were to meet, uh, do the Pacers pose a serious matchup problem against the Bucks, and would you actually be nervous to see them play? I want to dive into that next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. The most common phrase you tend to hear to start a new year happens to be new year, new me. But what if we were to think about the opposite of that? What are some things that you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? What are you already crushing it at? See, around New Year's, we tend to get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we already are doing correctly. So maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. See, therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that actually stick. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. It's something that can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge in case the first one isn't the right fit for you. So celebrate the progress that you've already made and visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Bucks. Special shout out to the everydayers who tune in to us Monday through Friday. We appreciate it. If you haven't checked out the Wednesday show from this week where Justin ran solo, just kind of breaking down the Bucks defense and where they are, would highly encourage you to do so. A great episode where he digs into the numbers. And if you enjoy that or what we do here with the postgame shows or any other Locked on Bucks show, I got to put you up on Locked on Sports today because Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube and locked on sports is going to keep you covered with 24 coverage of all the top stories of the day is brought to you by the local experts of locked on plus you get our national show that cover every league as well so make sure you head over to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel as mentioned Bucks Pacers hasn't gone in the Bucks' favor so far this season. If these two teams were to meet in the playoffs, Frank, do you have any matchup concerns with the Pacers? Because one thing that's so interesting to me about this matchup with these two teams is that it truly is a battle of the offenses, right? The Pacers' best offense in the league right now, I believe, 
122.9 offensive rating. They have a 59% effective field goal percentage. Meanwhile, the Bucks also have the offensive firepower with 121.3 offensive rating, 57.8 effective field goal. Like, so the question with the matchup is, will the Bucks be able to get enough stops if they were to see each other? I mean, I would definitely be nervous about this version of the Bucks team, but I mean, to be honest, like after last year, and say what you will about the Heat, you know, being not a normal eight seed, um, going through that experience, I think pretty much meant that I would never feel confident going into a first round playoff <laughs> series again, because um, you just never know what can go wrong, right? We saw that Giannis goes down in the first game last year, um, and then you know the fourth quarter meltdowns in in the last two games of that heat series. So um, I don't think it, especially with this version of the bucks and the fact that, you know, they haven't shown that they can play consistent defense really kind of for any sustained period, especially I think, you know, in a, in a playoff setting and, and against this team specifically, um, you know, as you said, they, they really just are going to be a team that tries to outscore you. I think if you're talking about a Pacers matchup and, you know, I think again, we, I saw, I think it was more obvious to me, uh, in the, the game on uh, Tuesday, but it does feel like so often the Bucks are even like, and it was really noticeable in the fourth quarter, but the Bucks are afraid to play fast against Indiana because they're afraid of their transition defense being turned against them. And so now you have to score, you know, 130, 135 tonight. You needed 143 points <laughs> if you're going to win this game. Now you're having to do that against a set defense because you're so afraid of, of getting out and transition yourself. Right. So it's, it's it's definitely um, you know again as as much as the Bucks have shown they can score on the Pacers, um, it does feel like you know again like the Bucks have to be so careful and so mindful of of the Pacers' ability to to attack them in space and on transition whether it's off of you know misses or makes um, that uh, you know again they just always seem to be kind of on the on the back foot and. You know, with the exception of when, you know, Giannis has had these kind of massive outings, um, you know, they've obviously not been able to to get it done. And, um, you know, I thought Giannis played it well tonight. You know, he was especially early on, didn't take a shot until what, like the last couple seconds, seconds of the left. first quarter. Yeah, yeah. when he went um, kind of patented attacking, driving layup. But, um, you know, I thought he was patient and Bucks kind of swung the ball around when the Pacers doubled. Um, and you know, obviously they were able to put up a their average, you know, 123 offensive rating or whatever they ended up with. Um, so it's not like the offense was the problem per se. Um, and, you know, if Dame plays, you know, an average game, then you probably feel a lot better about the Bucks offense. But, um, you know, once again, it was Chris and, and Giannis that were the guys you could kind of count on. And, um, you know, if there's one kind of silver lining of the last like week, right, when obviously the Bucks lose on Christmas and then um, lose the, both of these games to the Pacers. You know, it is the fact that Chris Middleton continues to look much better. And I think it's looking better on both sides of the ball. Um, and again, you know, bad sign for the Bucks that Chris Middleton has to be the answer in defending Tyrese Albert. And like, that's that, that, that to me is sort of like, you know, indicative, not indicative of the Bucks have found some sort of solution, but indicative of the fact that, you know, the other two smalls that they play to start, um, you know, have been pretty much pylons. And uh, again, we saw, just see it tonight, right? It's just yeah. too many possessions where, you know, a guy attacks a closeout and there's no resistance, right? It's just a blow by and you're just always putting 
your bigs under pressure to to try to you know protect the rim and um and when guys just have free runs um from the perimeter uh, at the paint you know you're you're never going to be a good defense like you know no matter how much rim protection you have you're never going to be a great defense or even a good one um if you're that weak at the point of attack and you know, I think we just again saw a lot of that, and even the breakdowns. You know, like there was just play. And one of the one of the mistakes Chris definitely made was, you know, got caught off ball, kind of sleeping. Halliburton cuts back door. I think Beasley ends up fouling him for a three point play in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, again, you just have to always be on when you're defending a Pacer team that attacks this relentlessly, and you know when they don't shoot horrendously from three-point range right. uh then yeah it's it's gonna be a problem i mean hey camille silver lining the bucks defensive rebound rate was actually like pretty decent tonight they yeah. you know actually had a better offensive rebound rate than than the other guys which is a, a rare breath of fresh air given how bad they've been on the glass but again i don't know if you've got the points in the paint numbers in front of you right now but um i don't i don't know that they got did they make set did they get 70 again camille no, i felt like it was less Pacers okay, had 64, still, Bucks had 60. Still, still very bad. Yeah. Uh, 64 is still horrendous. I think what it's like 67 was what Bucks were allowing on average over the last like four games or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, like the defense has been bad. I mean, the percent the personnel is problematic. I have no faith that Adrian Griffin suddenly is going to figure out some Eureka and get these guys to play, you know, really good defense. And, you know, I, I think one of the things about December, like the defensive numbers look better, but they were wildly lucky in terms of teams missing three pointers. And, you know, again, those two straight games, what were the Cavs and, and Pacers shot 11 for 78 and you only win one of the two games, I think was sort of indicative of just the fact that that defense was, you know, getting propped up by some unsustainable opponent shooting. So again, the, the Pacers are a funhouse mirror, right? In terms of what they can do offensively, Again, not a lot of defenses are going to look good against the Indiana Pacers. So um, I had very low expectations <laughs> of uh, of this game. Um, but, you know, again, we just saw like, you know, if you're thinking like, oh, well, the Bucks will defend when it matters and we'll be able to get some stops, blah, 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 in the fourth quarter. It's like, yeah, they got a few stops, but, you know, it's like they got to whatever it was down. Could have 10 in the fourth. Yeah, they got it down to like, you know, 9, 10 point or like, 10, 11, 12 points, something like that, right? And Malik Beasley, Dame both had pretty good looks at threes that, you know, might have made the game a little more uncomfortable. Um, but they missed, you know, and again, like that's just the pressure you put on yourself when uh when you play defense like this, right? You just mm-hmm. put so much pressure on offense to to not make mistakes. And um obviously they ultimately did make mistakes and you know, um same old story, right? We've we've been kind of refraining a lot of the same things over and over again in terms of um, the issues they've had against the Pacers. So, yeah, I don't think the Bucks are going to want to see the Pacers in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, who knows, right? Bucks are probably look like a team that is not going to hang on to the two seed a whole lot longer if they keep playing like this. So all of a sudden, three, six seed, Camille. See? There you go. First round matchup. Pacers and Bucks, and we'll see if Tyrese Halliburton can keep talking as much smack as uh, as he has these last uh, last couple of games. But you know, as long as he's winning, he can keep talking, I guess. 
Hey, that's what you do when you up. You can talk that talk. So he's earned that right. The Pacers have earned that right at this point. And it was interesting during this game, the fact that the the mics were so loud, you could hear a lot of the player chatter tonight. And the guys were definitely letting each other hear it. You can tell there's that energy there, which for as much energy as it was in this game, like it still is a game at the beginning of January. I do wonder once the playoffs start, if the Bucks are going to be able to lock in consistently throughout a game. And like the small sample size says, like they haven't given me a reason to think that at this moment, it's just being optimistic saying like, Hey, we've seen the Bucks in the playoffs before we know what they can do, but we haven't seen this particular team. And when I'm thinking about a Bucks Pacers matchup, there's also the coaching aspect of it. And this isn't me saying like Griff's a bad coach, but it is me saying that Rick Carlisle, like he has, Carl has a lot of coaching experience. Like this is not a new situation for him. You saw it, I think, as well in this mini season series against the Bucks with the changes that the Pacers did make um, throughout the course of these five games. We saw Griff do a couple of different things, having, um, you know, Gian- Giannis switching on to Turner and being able to try to be more active on the switches and things of that sort, but didn't really pan out. Tonight, we saw more Gian- We saw Giannis at the five, which we haven't seen in quite some time. They were able to get some stops with that lineup, but weren't able to unfortunately score the buckets in. I do wonder, like, when Jay Crowder comes back, is that a look that we see a bit more often with that Giannis at the small ball five? Did enjoy seeing Ajax kind of play that role a little bit tonight? We normally see him more of that guard, but uh, with his intelligence and seeing how he played, it was interesting seeing him as a big as well. So I don't know. The Pacers, I wouldn't say that I'd, I'd be, like, scared, but they 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 give me some pause after what we've seen so far in the regular season. And if the Bucks roll out the same roster today – in the playoffs that we have seen against this Pacer team, uh, the Bucks really going to prove it in that series because the Pacers fans are going to come in. The Pacers themselves are going to come in with a lot of confidence because they've done it before. They're not scared of the Bucks, and that's an aspect of it to consider as well. So it'll be interesting. We might see it. We might not. But yeah, I think the I think the you know pointing out the Giannis center lineups is important because you know again there's going to be nights where you know, playing Brook in a drop isn't going to be work. the answer, right? I mean, we saw them close basically every game of the finals when they won a championship with Giannis playing essentially the five with, you know, PJ, Chris, um, Pat, and and Drew, right? That was pretty much your, your closing five in most of those games. And, um, you know, I think missing Jay is, has limited what they can do just because they don't have enough kind of in-between size guys, Um you know, I think Andre, even though he's t- tended to guard small guys, he's obviously strong and athletic. Um, you know, I would have liked to see Marjan play a role in in that fourth quarter, switch yeah, everything yeah. group, um, because I think Marjan, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about him. I think, um, you know, Andre was, I think, what, plus 12, plus 14 tonight. But that is a very rare th- I mean, very rare to do that in a game you lose by a lot. But, I mean, Andre generally, like the Bucks always get outscored when he's on the floor and I'm not saying it's because you know he's bad or like you know doesn't give them something I've obviously talked a lot about why I think they they have to figure out how to get him more involved just because of at least what he could can theoretically do defensively and Mm -hmm. how much they're lacking in that regard um but you know it is interesting it does feel like I you know I'm, I'm I'm again I don't always have to put those two guys in competition with each other but I think it is hard to see more than one of Andre and Marjan probably having, you know, major roles when, when things kind of push comes to shove, if, if knock on wood, you're actually healthy. And obviously some of people like Jay come back. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I thought Marjon gave them a nice boost tonight offensively. Absolutely. He looked good. Um, you know, again, he's not, you know, going to solve all your problems defensively by any stretch. Um, but he's not small. And, you know, I think especially, you know, one of his biggest issues is getting over screens. So if you're in a lineup where you're switching everything anyway, then that mitigates some of the concerns you have about Marjon and some of the kind of challenges with getting over screens. But let's be honest, pick a name out of a hat. Like you can say the guy sucks at getting over a screen if he's on the Bucks, right? Like do the Bucks have anybody that can get over a screen? Like not really, right? When Javon and Drew left, that skill set pretty much went out the window. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. But um, you know, I think Andre had some better moments tonight. He got clowned by TJ McConnell a couple times on on Tuesday. Um, they contained P- TJ Connell, Camille. They did only Bucks six points for for TJ McConnell. That should be all that you need to win a game against Indiana. Is <laughs> you pro- keep keep TJ McConnell under you know eighteen points on eighty percent shooting. Um, so so hey yay, um, but uh, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I think uh, it's kind of interesting with with Griff. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not a good coach at this point. I mean, he's a rookie. He's, he's been around a long time, but I mean, he's he's a rookie coach. You know, like the deck is stacked against you as is. And you know, I don't think again, like what the Bucks do well. You know, Dame and Giannis and Chris Middleton. Like, I don't think I don't think Adrian Griffin taught those guys how to play offense. <laughs> you know, like, I think those guys, uh, you know. I figured this stuff out. I don't think coaching has a, has a ton to do that. Um, I think it's more about just kind of getting out of the way. It did feel like Giannis was setting a ton of screens tonight in the last few games, which I think that's a positive thing. Um, it was interesting that the, the screening for between for Giannis, by Giannis for Dame actually dropped in December, even though their efficiency has been going up. And I think I saw one stat today that they're first in the league now in terms of points, points per yeah. play in pick and roll. Um, so they tried to do it a lot tonight. Um, obviously the Pacers just showed so much attention to Giannis. It was, you know, it wasn't like they were going to just spam that and get Giannis a bunch of dunks. That's just not how it works. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as like Adrian Griffin and, you know, it's like, I, I a lot of like my concerns by Adrian Griffin are, are not so much like, I mean, gets focused on like adjustments. Like, Oh, he did, what are the adjustments they're going to make? And it's like, I feel like for the most part, like people don't pick up on a lot of the adjustments that, that teams make. Right. It's almost like, with Bud, it was like as long as they were playing drop, like people just like thought of it as like, well, there's been no adjustment because they're still playing Brook Lopez in a drop. Um, you know, I mean, and we've seen them try to do different things against the Pacers. Obviously, we've seen, you know, periods of zone. We've seen periods right. now with with Chris, with Luke Beasley. You know, obviously, I don't think they've ever really tried to put Lillard on on Halliburton, but um, you know, we've seen them try to kind of throw different looks at them. We've seen them try to, you know, double him at times. Um, we've seen them you know, again, kind of do some different things. Um, but, you know, what makes him great is that he figures it out, right? He's a problem solver. All the great players are. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you know, no matter what you're doing from an adjustments perspective, um, you know, if your team has bad habits and personnel that isn't great defensively, you're probably not going to ever be good defensively, right? Like there, there's only kind of so much you can do. I think um, I think having like kind of the core principles and, and system is like a big part of it. That was obviously a bud strength, right? The low hanging fruit guys kind of just knew what they were doing. You know, I thought transition wise, they were really good and disciplined. Um, I obviously a lot of that has gone out the window with, with this version of the box, but you know, again, they also don't have the same personnel. And I think, right. you know, it's interesting. I, I do kind of wonder like if you had Javon Carter instead of um, campaign. Uh, campaign, 
I don't think I'm not saying that like solves all your problems, but I think especially the challenges the Bucks have had defensively with their second units. Um, you know, I do think it would be it would be really helpful to have a defensive oriented backup point guard. But instead you have, you know, again, another guy who's offense first and has problems defensively, right? You go from Damian Lillard to campaign, Malik Beasley has to be your freaking stopper, right? Um, and it's kind of funny. It's like people talk about like teams hunting Dame. It's like they don't have to hunt Dame. They can hunt in guard. Exactly. Like yeah. when when Halliburton sees Malik Beasley, it's not like he's Same like, thing. oh man, I need to get a switch on this guy, right? Like they're running pick and roll because they want to, you know, that that puts defense on its heels. But like, you know, it's not like it's not again. Dame's not being hunted mercilessly, and I think as long as Malik Beasley's in the starting five, um, hey, Dame's probably way. enjoying it. Yeah, Dame's probably it's good. Probably Dame probably doesn't mind it because it means that like teams feel like, eh, well, whatever, Dame's over there, but we don't even need to work that hard to to put pressure on them because we can just attack Malik and they're they're putting him right in front of us, you know. Um, wow. just serving up that barbecue chicken, but, um, <laughs> lots of barbecue chicken and um, lots of elves <laughs> to this team. I'm sure that Bucks fans would agree. We're glad to not have to see the Pacers anymore this season. Again, five matchups in 34 games. That's a lot of the same team very early on, but I know this L has left a lot of bad taste in everyone's mouth. I'm sure with the Bucks players themselves, but luckily they won't have to wait too long. Uh, to get back at it because they have the Spurs tomorrow on the second night of a back-to-back. So let's quickly take a look at that matchup right after this. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sport book. So right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. I'm going to run that back just to make sure you heard me clearly because that's 150 bucks in bonus bets whether you win or lose. The app is super easy to use and there's a lot of different ways for you to bet. You can explore live same game parlays. You can check out find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can even make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays already made for you. And there's a lot more within that FanDuel app. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Bucks Spurs coming up on the second I have a back-to-back for the Bucks. Bucks won the last matchup against the Spurs 132 to 119. Of course, there was no Victor Wembanyama in that matchup. So hopefully we do finally get to see Giannis versus Wemby in this upcoming game. But let's be honest, I know the Bucks are on the second I have a back-to-back with this game, but the Spurs are not a good team. They rank, you know, bottom of the league in just about every major team statistic. And they have, like I mentioned, 5-28 and 28 record. They went on a 18-game losing streak at one point in this season, and they're 2-8 and eight in their last matchup. At this point of the recording, we're not exactly sure who is going to be playing for the Milwaukee Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back. But we see Chris Middleton. Who knows? We haven't seen him on back-to-back so far this season. But I think it still might be somewhat safe to say that this is an opportunity for the Bucks to try to get back on track against a team that just hasn't been playing good basketball. Yeah, and I think to the to the point as you said, like who's going to play? I mean, Chris Chris Milton was questionable tonight with right knee injury management and a left and sore left wrist. The that wrist that is the one that was surgically repaired not mm-hmm. this past summer, but the summer before that, which caused him to was part of the reason why he missed the start of the twenty two twenty three season. So again, another reason why it was good to see him 
out there looking pretty comfortable, um, you know, shooting the ball pretty easily. I even had a couple of lefty finishes. So I was like, oh, okay, good. He's still using that left hand um, in spite of whatever wrist injury might be bugging him. So we'll see. I mean, um, nominally, Camille, like since Chris made an also, I think the the whole resting rules thing, I think the Bucks, in theory, if Chris was just healthy and they rested him tomorrow night because it's a national TV game, and because Chris, I think right, it's like three years back. I think they said look at All Stars. Like if you were an All Star, yeah, within the last two three years. Um, obviously, he's there. There hasn't been an All Star game this year, so you go back two years. He was an All Star. Um, I believe that uh, um, they could be fined if he didn't play tomorrow. But again, like with injury stuff, I think they can always sort of get out of it. But certainly, I, I expect Giannis and Dame to play, especially coming off this loss. Um, again, you kind of hope that uh, they want to get back on the right track. And the Spurs have been, um, it's its interesting. The two highest paid coaches in the basketball, Monty Williams. And I feel like a lot of people miss the fact that Pop got a, a bigger contracts extension right after Monty yeah. did. So I think Pop is rumored to be making like 16 million a year, I think. Um, and they've been two of the arguably the worst coaches in basketball this year. Pop, because he insists on playing, or he has been insisting previously on playing Jeremy Sohan as a point guard, even though he's not. Um, Malachi Branham, I believe, started the last game. I think they've at least started to vaguely look like a team normal lineup now with Kelvin Johnson coming off the bench, but they're still not starting Trey Jones, who's like the one obvious yeah. guy to start. Um, so we'll see. And Victor is now playing center, which, you know, has always felt like inevitability, but also meant that, you know, you had Zach Collins starting and that kind of created like a bit of weirdness because then you had this kind of musical chairs issue with, with who else was starting. So, I mean, the Spurs are very bad. They're very bad defensively. They're bad at pretty much everything. Um, but they obviously, they do have talent. You know, they're not a, like the, to me, they're they're not like the Pistons who just have no kind of like guys who are really ready other than like maybe Cade and, and Boyan. Um, you know, the Spurs have enough talent. I mean, the Bucks lost to them, was it a year ago or two years ago? I mean, I remember they lost in San Antonio pretty badly, at least once, once in the last couple was, of years. Yeah, I think it was two years um, ago. And so... Again, like I don't think you can take anything for granted, uh, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. So, Bucks are gonna have to come out and you know play with the dudes that are in front of them, and hopefully you do to them what everybody else has been doing <laughs> and put them in their place. And obviously, I think you know Wemby versus Giannis is is a fun matchup. We'll see how much they uh, perhaps match up one v one. And obviously, if you're Giannis, you're looking to uh, use your strength hopefully against Victor, but, you know, Victor I think is slightly ahead of Brooke now in terms of the NBA shot blocking lead. So um, we know that uh, with all that length and especially now playing center, I think he's been around the ball a bit more. So um, we'll see. Uh, Obviously, hopefully the Giannis Vic Vic matchup is one we'll see for years to come. Um, But hopefully Giannis can uh, at least keep, at least keep the rookie, hold the rookie off, um, you know, for the time being, I know he's been very complimentary of, of uh of kind of his skill set and all that so i don't you know again um it seems like there's a, a mutual respect there and and victor i think i want to say victor i don't know if i saw, heard something about like him having a Giannis jersey at some point or or what but mm-hmm. i mean again it does seem like those two guys respect each other even though this would be the first time that they're going to play one another it should be fun this is a game that is not going to be broadcast on bally wisconsin it is a national tv game on tnt 6 30 p.m 
tip-off, uh, Central Time. So make sure you guys check that out, and that'll do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, for a post-game show about this Spurs-Bucks matchup. Let us know in the comments on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube here if the Pacers make you nervous as a playoff matchup. I'm really curious about this. So would love to know what you guys think. So let us know in the YouTube comments, and also make sure you go and check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. For Frank and myself, we'll catch you later.